This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Finch and myself are joined this week by Don's fan, Danny Baker. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? All right? Thanks I'm very well. Me. Yeah, our pleasure. Our pleasure. Also with us this week is fellow Womble, Mark Sturgis. I know you've been vying to come on for a while, mate. How are you doing? Are you excited? Yeah, very excited, mate. My heart's racing. It's almost like being at game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Finchy, mate, it's good to be back. I missed uh, chatting to you last week. I'm sure you missed me deeply. Uh, how have you been? I'm very well, mate. Yeah, very well. Yeah, you you were missed last week. Well, we were talking about away games. You don't you don't really do away games, do you? More of a yeah. I won't hold boy. it against you. I won't hold it against you. Uh, can't really have someone on the away days one when they don't go to away days. Sorry, very true. James. Very true. But it's fine. It's you fine. can come with. You can come with us, Scott. Uh, you might want to come once, and then you probably won't want to come again. To be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for uh, it. Some of our stories. Uh, we're going to kick tonight off by talking about Saturday's defeat to Hull Um, I'm sure not many of us went into that game expecting anything Um, but like we tweeted at the weekend games against opposition like Hull aren't going to define our season Um, but it was a poor lacklustre performance really wasn't it Finchley? Yeah, I, see, I, Hull's a tough one for me because I think they're again they're one of the best teams in the league uh, Honeyman uh, and they've got Greg Dogty on loan from Rangers, uh, who's class as well. So them two in the midfield just run that midfield for them, really. And then they've got two class strikers, big man, little man. Well, I, Wilkes is not really a striker. He more plays on the wing, but he's quick, skillful. And yeah, they, they just put pressure on us, which is what we want to see from Wimbledon. I think that's what Robbo wants. I think Robbo wants to be like Hull where the midfield, Woodyard and people like that get in, get in people's faces, stop them playing. And then we have players like Palmer, Pig, uh, and Longman up front, who's then going to nick goals. But yeah, I just, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird because a couple of weeks ago, I'd have been fuming, but we're not going to, we're not going to stay up, beat, like, losing to holes, not going to define if we go down or not. So It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you're just so desperate to be successful and you have to appreciate the fact that Hull are that good. I just, I don't know how you guys felt. As soon as the first goal went in, I just felt like, here we go again. And we did battle. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of the players. I think they put, they put the effort in. And they're all grafting. But it was just the golfing quality was the worry. I just felt that the moment Hull got ahead of the game, they basically ran that entire game. And I don't think we really put a punch on them. And it is, like you said, as a lot of the other guys have said, it's not a game that we were going to definitely win or get anything out of. But it is a concern that we rolled over as... as easily not on effort just on ability that was the big worry I had on the game anyway I think that the the two first goals the the soft penalty that um I think was you know looked like shoulder shoulder to me if that was outside the air it would have been a 50 50 you know Ben Hennigan's a big lad you know two shoulder shoulder knocked him off the ball fair and square and I think as soon as that goal went in 
the heads went down straight away because, you know, it, you know, that wasn't a lack of, of quality in that, you know, 50-50 ball uh, and, you know, penalty and heads went down. And then on the, on the second goal, you know, that was a bit calamitous really. And then I think the, the now was in the coffin by that point. I mean, you, you mentioned the penalty there, so I'll touch on it now. I actually thought it was a penalty, the first one. Really? I think, I think it's, I th yeah, I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think it was the correct, I think it's soft, but I think it was a silly, needless challenge that he didn't really have to do. Um, shoulder to shoulder, it was more shoulder to back in, in my eyes. Um, he's just shoved him over and he's given the referee a decision to make. It didn't really have to make the challenge. Um, I think if the referee had waved it away, we might have gone, oh yeah, fair enough. And Hull might have gone, that they would be having the same reaction that we're, we're having. And we've gone, no, it's never a pen, but it's one of those you see go either way, you know? Yeah, I, I, I've watched the penalty a couple of times now. Uh, when I first saw it live, I thought, no, never a penalty. He's just got... The, the, the guy for Hull is very smart. He gets his body in front of him. So it does, when he goes down, he kind of twists. So it looks like it is on his back as well. So I've seen them given. And if that was against Wimbledon, I'd be crying for a penalty as well. Uh, I just think one of the positives for me out of the game, uh, I talk about the positives first, is that we had, again, we've got, we're getting possession football again, which we were lacking under Glenn. We were getting, what, 25, 30% possession. I think we had most possession against Hull as well, again, at home again. So that's another good thing for me. Uh, I think the possession, the, the, the negative for me on Saturday was our bench, mainly. Once we went 1-0 down, there was nothing that was ever going to change that game for us because we didn't have any strikers on the bench and having pretty much all our strikers at the moment injured is a worry for me. And we'll, we'll discuss later our games coming up, but we've got one fit striker and pig. Longman looks knackered as well. And they both look like they're going to be tired. I mean, I guess the one thing, if you're going to play whole, let's get them out of the way now. <laughs> let's get them done. We, we, it was a game that we weren't going to get much out of. If we're going to play a weekend side, let's make sure it's against Hull, not Rochdale or something like that, that we think we can get points out of. And it, it was just everything that we've said today, just, it, it just the golfing quality even the guy with the penalty, I, I was, I was actually, I didn't think it was a penalty, but the way that he went down was just, it just showed you he knows how to play the game, and I don't think many of our guys would have done that as well as, as was it Keane Potter or what his name was? So uh, yeah, that was uh, frustrating. But you know what? If we're going to get it, let's get it out of the way now, and then we can kick on for the rest of the season. Hopefully, with playing against teams who are not on form, we always play teams on form. It's ridiculous. Absolute got Blackpool who are buzzing coming up. It's, uh, yeah, frustrating. Very frustrating. I think the two points, one that Lee said, that yes, that the whole players were far more experienced. He twisted his body around, sold the penalty, penalty and that's how far they're more experienced. And also what uh, Lee and Danny said, yeah, we, we have got no strikers on the bench. And the moment Pig looks knackered, he's probably going to be starting tomorrow. Um, and I, I know I was re listening on the interview and I've been reading about Palmer, they think Blackpool's his next game. And we desperately need something. I mean, I, I was even going to touch base on... Do we think that we need to start with Palmer on Blackpool away, even if it's be like you go the opposite way and start Palmer for 30 minutes and then put Pig on to give him a rest? Or do we try and wear out Pig again? Uh, yeah, you guys, your point, uh, Danny, with regards to the, the way they fell over. Uh, Robbo mentioned it that we're so naive with some of the stuff we've done. They have got a free kit. We just, but that's been Wimbledon through years. We used to stand next to each other in the Tempest, and we used to do the same then. That CCL days, Roman Premier League days, Conference days. We throw the ball back. We're so nice. We give it back to them. There you go. You take your quick free kick. There's a goal for you. It's like, what are you doing? Like we know that as amateur footballers, or do you know what I mean? Like fat Sunday league footballers. Like you, you don't, you, you stand in front of it and stuff. 
With regards to your point, Mark, with regards to Palmer, he's playing Tuesday against Eastbourne. So the first team playing Shrewsbury, the under-23s are going to Eastbourne and Palmer's playing that uh, on Tuesday night or Tuesday just gone. Uh, Robinson's going to be playing in that. Uh, he's getting 45 minutes in that game. I wouldn't, you can't, I don't think you can start Palmer at the moment, unfortunately, because we don't want him breaking down. We have to, we have to put him in Cottonwall because we're going to need him uh, against the Burtons, against the Rochdales, against the teams like that. And I think if we break down again, we could be screwed, really. Have we got any news on the other forwards? Like, does anyone know anything about Harrison? Does anyone know about Andrews? I'm just curious because I'm obviously we're we're waiting. I'm tempted to get my boots on at the moment. <laughs> uh, Robbo came out uh, Monday and said that Harrison is out for eight weeks. Um, yeah, ligament damage. That's painful. So, yeah, I I mean we I, we're probably not going to see him again this season at least. I don't know what sort of contract he's on. But um, I don't know about Andrews. Have you heard anything, Vinci? Well, it was on the same interview uh, on Monday night that Robert did that he's still a little bit away with a hamstring injury. Uh, again, I don't know if that's going from part-time football to full-time football. But he is, uh, yeah, he's, I don't think we'll see him for another week or two. He's not even going to be playing. He, he wouldn't have played that game on Tuesday night. So I... Uh, yeah, again, we're so way for thin up front, it's unreal. But it hopefully it's good news that Robbo and Palmer get through this game uh, on Tuesday and, and that they're fit enough to be, at least one of them is fit enough to be on the bench come Saturday because Pig and Longman, to me, look done in after the whole. They, they just look tired now and they're, they're all over the place. So I was having a chat with some other Dons fans um, after the game on Saturday. And we were talking about, uh, you spoke earlier, Finchie, about playing a more possession-based game, being a bit more attacking. Do you think we would have fared a little bit better against Hull on Saturday under Glynn's tactics? You know, try and uh, stifle them rather than go toe-to-toe attacking-wise against one of the best teams in the division? No, I don't think we'd have been better off with Glynn's tactics. I think he uh, would have struggled even more under Glynn's tactics. I, I like what Robbo's doing at the moment, trying to be... Don't worry about uh, about the other team. Worry about us and what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? So we're going to attack things from the off. And again, that's good. That work against the Rochdales, the Burtons, the teams down the bottom. You're going to get found out against the best teams in the league. I'm not being... We, we lost 3-0 to Peter and we lost 3-0 to Rochdale. Uh, Rochdale? We lost 3-0 to Hull. They're the best teams. In the, they're playing good money. They've got very good players. You could see the golf in class. Yeah, so... I, I I like what he's doing, and I I think uh, yeah, I think we'd have been done anyway with Glenn's tactics. I just love to see us a bit more angry. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I can't remember this year, and I know it's not the defining one. I'm not saying we should be thugs. I cannot remember the last time on a game in in a Wimbledon game we've gone a bit like just a little bit of argy bargy or a little bit of face to face. I'm not saying it's exactly, but just to see us be intimidated. I mean, the whole guys McGinnis just bullied us literally all day. Just to see someone actually stand up and go, okay, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Or do you know what? We're in a game. I just, I'd love to see that. And I know I'm such a big fan of Robbo and I think we all are. And I think we're all desperate to, to do it. But I think I just want us to man up a little bit. And that's not the, always the best way of putting it. But just those guys to, to stand up for themselves a little bit more and put a little bit back would be, would be amazing. Uh, yeah, sort of touching, based on it, I can't remember 
in the AFC sort of W era that we've had that kind of plan. And obviously, I mean, with respect to Jamie, looking at a few of us, we are obviously probably cl closer to 40 than maybe are we are to 30. Uh -huh. In the olden days, we had that. And AFC era, I, I can't really sort of say confidently when we had that kind of, you know, a bit of ruthless aggression in, in what we need, we need someone to stand up. And I think Ben Hennigan, when he was supposed to be coming back, you know, he's six foot something, he, he's going to be it. thing is, Woodyard does sort of run around a bit, but then sometimes he does get away yellow cards for, for needless. You know, it's not really like he's getting stuck in with someone. I mean, then again, would we be happy if we just took someone out? See, my thing with Woodyard against Hull is that you watch Honeyman and you think that's the player what I thought we were signing in Woodyard. Do you know what I mean? He runs around, he, he's a little bit. Like he pushes them. He, he'll pick players up by their armpits and stuff like the old days. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll stand on their leg and then go, oh, I'm really sorry and stuff like that. Where Woodyard gets needless bookings. He got booked again on Saturday. He gets needless bookings and misses games for no reason. I just, I, I, I disagree with your point, Mark. Well, I think Junior AFC Women's Days, we have had some like Jamie Stewart, some things like yeah, that. We've, yeah. we've, we've had some people that don't, you ain't going to mess with. Where if you're playing Wimbledon at the moment, and I'm, I'm sure Hull and Peter looked at it and thought, uh, we we could push these about quite easily. We could we're probably the easiest team to scout in the league. Maybe not now, but again, going back on Jamie's point and and his friends, uh, we uh, he. Uh, sorry, I've lost myself then because that's such a good joke. Because you were trying to make a joke. Is that, is that <laughs> why, isn't it? He's gone. That's gone. But, like, it's gone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think yeah they would. We under Glim, we were so easy to, uh, to to scout really. I mean, like you said, I think it was men against boys on Saturday. Um, pretty much. Um, we spoke about salaries a few weeks ago um, and Russell mentioned this week that whole salary comes in at around £17 million a year, um, which just tells you everything we, you need to know. I'm not saying that because they spend that much they automatically beat us, but you had mentioned the likes of Honeyman and Wilkes, Keen Potter, you know, that, that that's the quality, that's how much those kinds of players cost. Yeah, see, I'm not one of these ones about the salary stuff. Like, not being with Wimbledon FC, we're in the Premier League playing against Man U and Chelsea, who are playing hundreds of millions a year, and we were still only playing little bits. It's about what you get on the pitch, and I think that's what Robbo is trying to change with the culture. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're playing against David Beckham, Zidane, uh, Ronaldo, Messi, you're going out there and you're going to be putting a shift in for Wimbledon, and I think that's what he wants more than anything. And I think I saw that of Hull, Hull are desperate to go up. You can see it in the way they play. The way they played against us, they're desperate to win games and, and they run out 3-0 winners quite easy. I think there's two points, really. Um, I agree with both of yours, Lee and James' point. is thing is, in today's society, money does buy it. It buys you a better quality coach, better training facilities. Very much, I, li I listened to the show with Russ on there uh, a few weeks ago and I completely agree with is it, it buys everything. However, I will also agree with Lee. Obviously, I am an old school Wimbledon fan. You know, I did. I missed the crazy gang area. I'm not that old, but I did get the, the later stages. And, and I did see it. And, you know, I remember being at Sellers Park. Um, and you're right, we got played players. My, one of my favourites, Alan Kimball, Peter Fear. And they were going toe-to-toe -to -toe because, you know, with someone like, you know, I'll pick Joe Kinnear, that was the best spell I've ever seen Wimbledon play. You drove it into those players that you could do it. And, and we did do it. So it, I think there's two sides. Both, both your points are valid. I think the the key thing is if you I don't mind losing to quality, and I can I can cope if you lose with a bit of effort. If they got quality, you can't lose on both fronts. And on Saturday we lost on quality on the pitch of the players, and we got out bullied. And we can't do that. We've got to be able to do one of those really well. 
I think that's the spot on, Danny. I think that's the main point, really. On, on Saturday, we got beat on every single front going. Uh, and the only one we won on was possession. And we know possession don't win football. It's goals that win football games at the moment. And it's, as I said, it's a positive that we're having more possession because under Glynn, we were only having 20, 30%. You, you touch the ball more, you're more likely to score goals. But yeah, I think Saturday, I think Peterborough, again, if you go back to Peterborough, we played well first half, second half, we just didn't play that well. And Peterborough, a good side again. But Hull... I just, it's hard to say because they, 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 they were that good on Saturday or were we that bad? I thought they were that good, to be fair. I didn't think we were that bad. I just thought they were good. And then the penalty, first penalty kills us. I think they did their homework. They completely nullified any threat that we had, you know, that I think they, were, as much as we didn't really do much, they didn't allow us to do much. Um, they didn't let us get in behind. They dropped deep. So, I mean, you can't blame the players too much. I think they just came up against a team that, was shit hot and yes they did bully us but if they're did we let did we let them bully us or did they just were they just too strong for us all over the pitch you know yeah I agree and again we've got to scouting us and stuff we've we've got what pig up front at the moment and if the, it's again the same team that was in uh and it, we're struggling with strikers so we, once we went one nil down we weren't going to change the game and uh yeah, that's easy to scout you and also at the moment again we've I, I, another positive I'm going to go on is uh Darnell, DJ at right back. I thought he's been brilliant at right back and he's you're not going to get bullied too much. He likes going forward. He's got a bit of pace as well and it means that Hennigan and Will can do the job they do and that's big boys against big players. I feel uh, really sorry for Pig. I feel really sorry for Pig. I, I think that I've seen on, I know social media has been particularly toxic with all of us having nothing to do and just sitting there on social media but poor Pigger, he literally has got nothing. He has absolutely nothing to work with. He, we all know that he's He's a target man, but a foot target man. You don't want to hit the ball in the air to win every single header because if he if he wins it behind him, no one's going to track. He needs to get the ball to his feet, cheeky turn and go and replay. Um, and I just feel quite sorry for him because he's had absolutely nothing to work with. And I just thought exactly what Jamie said. As soon as we attacked, they all just dropped back, sat deep. The moment they attacked, it was two two, two or three passes and they were straight through. But you're, you're bang on right in terms of Darnell Johnson. I've been very impressed. I was a bit... I'm an R in particularly playing at right back because I'm quite a big O'Neill fan. I think he, he really gives us some attacking threat, but he's been in, he's been very impressive the last couple of games, that's for sure. Interesting. I was going to ask. Obviously, uh, Robbo made like a mass substitution, and I was thinking, is the reason why he did that is just to get other players rested? Also, let's go back to like James Hansen. You know, are we think are we sort of praying almost that you know when Palmer comes back, we're going to have a Hansen pig and this time we Palmer. And Hanson, because obviously that's when we we sort of picked up pace. You know, Hanson was very good towards that quarter end of the season. Are we hoping that Palmer's going to do it? And and you know, I also did notice that there were there were times that Pig was you know they were they were hunting in packs. I don't know if it was Ardley or, or someone who had the idea of hunting in packs and like three or four hole players. As soon as Pig got the ball, they just swarmed on him, and, and he can do. It. I remember there's one point there was one player almost like bear hugging Pig to the ground, got nothing for it. Yeah, I think I think the hunting impact is what Robbo wants. I think that's the kind of stuff that he wants. But he's he's, he's only had what one week, one full week with the boys to implement his kind of changes and stuff. And uh, as he said on Monday, he, his interview was that he's changing habits, and it, it can take ages to change someone's habit if they're so used to doing so. If they've been told to stand off and uh, and stuff, I think you're spot on again, Danny, as well, with regards to your comment about social media. You know, I I thought Walker was at fault for one of the goals on, on Saturday. And we're going to be touching on Walker later on in this. But I thought he was quite, he was at fault. But social media just, boom, it blows up if someone makes one mistake. 
and, and it's just, it is so toxic at the moment with regards to anyone making a mistake. But yeah, I think your point again, Mark, regarding Hansen and Palmer, uh, Palmer's played, I think he's played a couple of games, but the one game where he scored was the only game that we ever got crosses into the box and he looked dangerous. So if Palmer comes in and he has pig next to him, I think them two could work quite well, but we're going to have to have players who can get balls into the box who are going to put decent crosses in because otherwise it won't work the same as when we had Hansen. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to also say what Danny said. I think DJ going forward is going to be the, the choice for right back. However, when we got a fit Palmer, are we also thinking about Che Alexander? Are we thinking about putting Jake Zalander on the left? So, for example, because at the moment, everyone knows, really, we're going to try and get the ball to O'Neill. So, Che Alexander is another good cross for the ball. Would you think about swinging him on to the left? Um, because, you know, I think, you know, we're going to need to do something because at the moment, uh, Tuesday's game, we're just going to be scouting on what's going to happen. And we've got nothing different to offer. Uh, again, I didn't realise that Zach Robinson was playing also Tuesday in that game. So are we thinking again that he might be possibly something for Saturday or is he too far away? Who would you pick? Palmer or Hanson right now? If I said, right, you've got to, what, each of one of them players, which one would you pick? Hanson. Are they fit? Yeah, yeah both fit. So you've got the, the very... <laughs> look, mind you, we've not seen Palmer fit at any point. <laughs> but Hans, Jamie's gone for Hanson. I'm interested Hansen. what you guys... Hans, hands down. Hands down. Yeah, I've only seen enough of Hanson to pick Hanson. I've not seen enough of Palmer. I've seen videos of Palmer where he was at Crawley and he looks decent, but I've not seen him live. But I've not seen enough of him in games to say, yeah, I'll pick him. I'll have Hanson all day long. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'd say, with Hanson. I remember the uh, game that we drew 2 2. Um, I think Hanson scored and Pig scored. It, you know, it just kind of changed us, really. It gave us that bit. It took all the pressure off Pig. You know, he, he didn't have to. Uh, do too much really you know, he was just at the other end right at the moment he's trying to do both jobs and like we've touched on before um, uh, what's his name I've got his name name break who's number 29 Longman that's it Longman <laughs> uh, sorry just with name blank he looks knackered even Rudy I think also we got wary about putting too much pressure on him because once he scored that goal the few dribblers were out saying well he's new messiah well no he's not the new messiah he's a young lad we need to give him a bit of a break otherwise that's going to you know hamper his potentially going forward because anytime we get any Wimbledon player the yellow and blue lot come out so yeah he's the new messiah let's him on a 12-year contract and you know for the sake of, he's just a young lad developing and when I saw the interview I thought he could look like he'd be at secondary school not like I'm playing for the first team. I have a, two things really the first thing is about uh, Rodoni um, about 20 seconds before he put that shot in the top corner I text my old man and said don't you think Rodoni flatters to deceive a little bit uh, and uh which I still kind of stand by, but then almost immediately afterwards, he put me straight back in my place and smashed one top, top left. Um, in, in terms of the Hanson-Palmer debate, um, forgetting Hanson, I think Palmer coming back could correlate well with when Hanson came back, similar stage of the season. And as soon as Hanson came back, that let Piggott stop doing all the dirty work. Hanson did all the dirty work for him. That's what Palmer can be doing, bullying defenders. And Piggott had his best goal scoring return for us pretty much in that period. And his goals essentially kept us up yeah. uh, that year. So I think provided we need to keep Palmer fit. Uh, like Finch said, we need to wrap him in cotton wool. We can't rush him back too soon because if we do, and then he's out again for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or till the end of the season, um, we're right up shit creek. Yeah, football is the uh, strange way of coming back and biting us fans on the ass because... Every time I make a prediction or say something about a player, it usually bangs it in and makes me look like a right mark. <laughs> but uh, 
regards to the Hanson Palmer debate, I'm hoping Palmer. See, I think Palmer's a different player to Hanson. Where Hanson came back, he was a bully boy. He'd bully people. He'd, he'd go in threaders and stuff like that. Well, again, I've not seen enough from Palmer to say he could do that. I'm hoping he will. I, I reckon he's going to be gagging to get back because he's obviously. Apparently, he, this is the worst injuries he's ever had. He's never been injured before this. He played 42 games. He played 35 games for Crawley. He comes to us, he gets injured straight away, and he's missed like pretty much all the season. Uh, Rodoni. I, I, I think he is amazing footballer. I think we do need to get him on a big contract because he's like a luxury player that you need to have in your team. You need to have some of them luxury players. That games like that against Judenham, it was going to be a boring nil-nil. They weren't doing anything. Boom, he steps up, couple of touches, bang, straight in the left top corner. Do you know what I mean? You need some of them players. And, uh, and we've got some non-league gems like Chislet and stuff like that. They're going to have one game where they're not very good. The next game, they're going to be absolutely worldies and they're going to be banging in goals. Uh, question, do you think that if Hartigan was still around, Robbo would be playing him? No. That's a great question. No, I don't think he would because I don't... I, I think the way that Robbo wants to play, I think we need to be more attacking where Hartigan, unfortunately, is, a, again, a luxury player that would be really well playing for a team that passes it around very, very well. But I think we want to move from back to front pretty quickly. And he, he, he's struggling at Newport at the moment. So, My argument would be when Hartgun was in the other 18s, he was an attacking midfielder. When he got into the first team, we tried to make him a defensive midfielder. So I would argue that back to you. Yeah, but then you look at the whole striker, McGuinness, he was a goalkeeper. And then when he uh, 18, and then hardly, hardly found him at Cardiff and put him up front and said, look, you're going to be a striker. And he scores goals. It happens at youth level where you'll have a youth player who's who could be a really... Like, look at Osu. Osu, Osu is a striker as well, under-18s. He's now a, a left-back, or... You know what I mean? So, you at 18, you can be a left-back, right-back, and then go, right, we're going to put you in this position. That's where I think... And that's what Robbo does as well. He, he'll find a player and he'll push him into a different position. I, th I think Hartigan would thrive more in this, um, in this team than he did. I'm not saying that he'd be the answer to all our prayers, but I think he would... He would suit our playstyle better now than rather than under Glynn um, and Wally, you know, because he is a good passer of the ball. He do, he does he does get plays going. Yes, he could be a bit defensive, but who else have we got there? Woodyard's not an attacking midfielder. Riley can get forward, but doesn't really. Um, I'm excited to see Riley come back. But in answer to your question, Mark, we're, we're, we're never going to know whether Hartigan would get in the team or not, um, unfortunately. I think he he's only going to play in one of the two roles that are sitting in front, and I, I just don't think Hartigan's got the defensive capability to put to put himself around and, and and push about. I just don't. If you think about being bullied, I just I think Hartigan would be absolutely bullied to 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 the high heaven. I think he's a good passer. I like him a lot as a player, and I like him as because he's a Wimbledon person. But I can't see him. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought he'd play too much League One football if he was anywhere else. Uh, Lee, you mentioned uh, Sam Walker. Um, having a mistake in him on Saturday. Um, so we're going to move on now and speak about Sam Walker and goalkeepers in general. So goalkeepers, uh, more specifically, current number one, Sam Walker, and ex-number one, Connell Truman, who it looks like is heading to Swindon on an emergency loan deal. Uh, Truman had a lot of critics while he was at the club. Um, I never had any real problem with him. thought he was solid enough. Um, I don't think there's any question that we have downgraded uh, with the addition of Sam Walker. 
Uh, what are your thoughts, Danicky? I think there's a couple of things. I think we've been incredibly blessed with some fantastic goalies. I mean, let's be honest, Rambo is will forever be a hero. Um, being at Bradford and watching him go potty and uh, was just is just fantastic. And we've obviously had George Long, people like Kelly Ruse. We've had some good, good goalies. So I think we as a fan base are a little bit spoiled. I think for me, I think Walker's coming because I think he could be a permanent in the summer. And I don't think I don't think Truman is. I think that might be the route they went. I was gutted we didn't get Joe Day in. And I was fuming because the, the, I think it was the day after we announced we got Walker in, Joe Day went to Bristol Rovers. And I think that's going to be, that'll be a bite. But I don't mind Walker, to be brutally honest with you. It's, it's relatively early days. I still don't quite understand how a six for six goalie can't catch it. He likes to palm a lot and punch a lot. It's like, come on, mate, you're six for six. Just come and dominate and catch it. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons why he's come in. But I don't feel that he is the major problem in the side. And I think he'll get better. Whether he'll be good enough compared to the other players that we've had in the past, I doubt. But is he the biggest problem we've got at the moment? I don't think so. But I would definitely have had uh, Connell Truman over, over Walker, that's for sure. Question I've got to you guys, because I don't know the answer. Maybe a couple of other people don't. Why did Connell Truman leave? Because obviously he went back with Seddon. Was he recalled? Was it financial? I, I don't know the reason why Connell Truman went back, because he just went back with Seddon. Seddon had gone off the boil. Was it a two-for-one deal? Was it due to COVID? I, I don't know the answer. There's, there's loads of... With Wimbledon FC or AFC Wimbledon, there's loads of rumours going around all the time. There's always the in-the-know fans and stuff like that. And I've heard two. So I heard, I heard that he was recalled from... Birmingham and they took him back to then sell on and it didn't work out but I also heard the rumour that we we sent him back because we uh, heard that Walker was available uh, and I guessed at the time and it's just me guessing was that we were leaking goals left right and centre so Glynn sent him back to get a more a six foot six goalkeeper who was going to command more and maybe Truman weren't as commanding and as loud as previous goalkeepers were if you look at he's quite he's smaller but I'm really, I'm fuming that we got rid of Truman uh, because he, he didn't do anything wrong for us. He was, he, he, some of the saves he made was brilliant. And now he's going to be going to a rival who is in relegation crisis as well. And we're going to have to play them. And he could be the difference to saving, saving us and or thing. But Danny's point spot on with regards to, we have been so lucky with our goalkeepers previously. Like, Rambo uh, the other night when he played against Chelsea was just unreal in that first half. He's 22 as well, Rambo, and we've been lucky with that. With regards to Walker, just worries me that I think he's so settled in being a number two. He got so settled into that lifestyle. You know, some keepers do. They're happy to be a number two, pick up wages. They'll play the odd game when they're needed. But, and that, that's what worries me, that he was so set. He just doesn't look happy being a number one. He doesn't look like he's enjoying his football being a number one, he'd be happier being on a bench. I mean, just going back to your point about um, Truman not being commanded enough, um, that could very well be true. But whoever's then picked out Sam Walker from the list of goalkeepers that they want to be commanding needs sacking. I don't know if it's Bayes or who, but to, to turn around and uh, if, if we're going for a more commanding keeper, the guy can't, can't claim a cross. You know, he doesn't come for crosses. He punches and flaps at everything. Um, I did, you're, like you said, you're Daniel, fan. I mean, yeah, he's like the new Hartigan, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I know he's six foot six, but he's, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't think he's very good. I don't think he is anywhere near the worst we've had. I, I've seen on face on the Facebook 
group that him being likened to Ben Wilson, which I think is a bit harsh. Um, Very harsh. He start, he's starting. Coventry, is he goalie for Coventry yeah. now? What? Yeah, he started yeah. the other day on the telly. Yeah, I can believe it. Gives us all hope. Gives us all hope. I mean, I, I think it, that loan was just a catastrophe from start to finish from both sides, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I think, like I said, if we were going for a commanding goalkeeper and we've landed on Sam Walker, I don't know whether it was the new database of players or if it's Ashley Bay's looking at players, but someone's fucked up there. Well, you just wonder about the budget for me, because I think if Joe Day's available, we had him at the end of last year, I, I would have been quite happy with him. I think what's, what's abundantly clear is the market is very congested for good goalies and that we've been, in, again, we've been incredibly fortunate. And I think when we look back at it, if we had Tom King, as an example, who was a goalie who's obviously at Newport on the bench now, I just wonder whether we would think he's as bad because we're comparing him to those quality goalies or not. But I just, I, I'll be interested with you guys. Who would you pick out of Joe Day, Connell Truman or, or Walker? That'd be an interesting one. See, I think you're thinking of Joe Day thinking we could get him quite easy. But the problem with Joe Day is that he's gone to Bristol. He was living in Cardiff. So he was at Cardiff as their number two or their number three. Yeah. Cardiff to Bristol, he probably did, don't have to move house. He doesn't yeah. have to. See what I mean, I, I don't know if he's gone on loan to Bristol or if he's there permanently now. I think he might. He's a, he is on loan at Bristol. So he's on loan. It might be a permanent deal. But yeah, he hasn't had to move house. His kids, he's got kids. They've got to stay. That's where I think the Joe Day didn't happen. And maybe once Bristol, maybe we were we were in for Joe Day, but once he heard Bristol were interested, yeah, it's, true. A, better, it's a better move for him uh, and his family. I just think you, you mentioned Tom King. I, I didn't rate Tom King at all when he he played for us. I thought he was he was awful. But then he's dropped down to Newport and done quite well for them. I was looking the other day because some one of my mates said, well, "What about uh, Buzz, who was on the pod last week?" Was saying because he's he plays goalkeeper at Sunday League, and he was saying like, "Is there no young non-league goalkeepers?" And, and I was looking through the list of players that are playing at the top of non-league. They're all 34, 36 years old. There's only one guy at Sutton at the moment. The Australian, he's Australian. He's played for Sydney and stuff like that. But again, you're looking at a 30, 34 year old goalkeeper that you'd come in and stuff. There's not many young goalkeepers about. And if we want one with experience, they're going to cost a lot of money and there's not many about. And yeah, I just, I think Walker's getting too much stick on social media as well. Some of the, some, again, what you, you, you said earlier, Danny, is it's very toxic on social media. He makes one mistake and that's it, it's boom. And people are private, mess, like sending messages and stuff, which is uncalled for, just, yeah. Yeah, I mean we've all agreed to think social media is toxic you know it you know some of the things that when we lost a uh, hull just very quickly and we touched base on it you know well done robbo get get rid of him i thought well that's not really the game and you're talking about young keepers well we've got a young not quite australian but new zealand guy uh, zanev you know do we not rate him enough to go in there is he just is he just kind of is he there to make up numbers is, is it do we think about putting matt cox on the bench um you know I think to an issue, I don't think Walker's a, a bad keeper. I think, I think what you said is right. He's probably used to being a number two. Probably on decent money at Reading. Probably decent money in Reading. I mean, he's 29. And is it the fact of money again? Is it that, you know, how much were we playing Connell Truman? Did uh, Walker come on by that he could be on a deal? Are we thinking about League Two? I think possibly we're thinking about League Two. Um, I think in terms of Zanev, I don't think there's too much between them. I think... You know, Zano's been on loan. He was on loan at Sutton. They loved him there. They wanted to keep him on a free, but then we, we didn't let him go. Um, talking about social media and the amount of stick that Sam Walker's getting, I think there's a lot of parallels with um, Ryan Clark. Remember when we signed him? Um, you know, on paper, 
great signing. I remember him playing for Oxford against yeah, us. De- decent keeper. Um, Sam Walker, we saw him on paper, six foot six. We think that's exactly the kind of keeper we want. You know, everyone was saying, oh, we, he's out of contract in the summer. We can get him permanently. We want a permanent goalkeeper. And yeah. turns out that he, it hasn't quite worked out. And suddenly we're... I don't know if it's just football fans in general, but Wimbledon fans certainly are. We're very quick to criticise the players when things are going wrong. Um, and when Robbo was first uh, announced, everyone was saying, oh, we need to get 100% behind the boys. We need to get 100% behind his process, trust the process. But it's kind of slipped back into straight up. If you look at the, the full-time result tweet from the club, you know, it's all just nasty, toxic stuff. Um, and we all know what happened with Ryan Clark with his mental health and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, he might not be the best goalkeeper we've have, ever had uh, or ever will have, but he's the best we've got at the minute. Yeah, t- touching on a few points. One, first one, first, uh, how we scouted uh, Walker. Uh, he hasn't played a lot recently, so I don't know if we scouted him that well. Like Maybe we watched some old videos and stuff because he wasn't playing at Reading. He hasn't played for a little while. I think he had an emergency loan at Blackpool. Uh, I don't think, yeah, and he might have played really well for Blackpool in them games if necessarily see him. We see him as a six foot six goalkeeper and thought, right, this is someone who's going to be out of contract. It's not going to be too expensive. Uh, going on the Zanef point, I think he's had his chance. I think we've played him in a few games. We, we, he's been with us a few years now, but we still keep getting goalkeepers on loan, young goalkeepers on loan. And I just, for me, Zanef's not good enough. He, I don't think he's ever going to be good enough to play for a League One team, maybe in League Two conference, but he's not good enough for League One. Matt Cox, I think he will be good enough. I think he will be decent, but he's got to grow a little bit. He's got to grow. He's got to put some muscle on. If you look at someone, Joe Berzik, who uh, we had, he went to Accrington and stuff like that. If you look at him now, he's a totally, you, you wouldn't think he's the same person. He's put muscle on. He's big. And now he's Stokes number one. And, and, and that's the thing. I think Matt Cox needs to grow. Uh, I think if it weren't for COVID, I think Matt Cox would have been on loan at someone. He'd have been playing conference, South Conference, and playing men's football. I think that's what he needs. He played against South End the other day in the under-18s, which is no good for him. He needs to be playing against men and men's football. So when he's coming for a corner, he's getting absolutely clattered by a big number nine, uh, and that's going to help his development. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just my, my upset is that we let a good goalkeeper go when I don't fit or, or we didn't need to let him go, really. Which goalkeeper was that? Truman. Truman. Yeah. Mm. I think you mentioned earlier about um, the conference sides all having 34, 35, 36-year-old goalkeepers. Is that the sort of level that we'd want Matt Cox to go to? And if they've got experienced pros, essentially, at these clubs, then are they going to be wanting to loan in an 18, 19-year-old goalkeeper? I think that's the struggle we've got with our goalkeepers, is that we've lost Mannion, we lost Joe Berzik. They, goal, as you said, Teams at that level, goalkeeper is such a, a difficult position because they make one mistake and it costs them a game where a striker could have 100 shots, score one goal and he's a hero. He could have 100 shots, score no goals and no one really cares. I think you're right there. It's the conference and conference south and stuff. They are looking for experience. Again, we want experienced goalkeepers. Uh, it's such a hard one to push our young goalkeepers out and get them on loan. Uh, it's a tough one, really. They just need game time, don't they, those young keepers? They just desperately need to go out and play. I know we, we, it was a, such a shame that um, Bill Air and a couple of the other young guys were going to go out alone and they just pulled the, the rug out of underneath us. But those young keepers desperately need need to play. And like I said, I guess we've, we're, we're sort of going around a little bit in circles with some of it, but 
um, it's a budget thing. Again, I know budget's a weird one, but we, we decide to spend our money in other areas of the pitch and we rely on a, on a very hot shot. Someone like Nathan Trott, was, I thought, was more than competent last year. Yes, he was very, very quiet, but he was okay. He was no... I, I would have been happy with him for the rest of the season and we decided to, to sort of change that. He's gone to Norway, I think. Norway Premier League, I think, today. Yeah. He trained one game for West Ham this year as well. Come off the bench the other day. Like, what... What maybe what we're after, we're never going to get another Ramsdale. But I would have thought a keeper who can catch, keeper who should save what he should save and communicate is probably what we're after. Um, but I guess that's what 23 other teams are looking for as well. I was going to say, um, I don't know if you noticed on the social media, um, Bezos said he loves a challenge. Uh, he's got one with Walker now. So it's going to be a good testament to Bezo because I'm going to you, I'm actually surprised Bezos still with us all this time. He, he's, he's clearly a good goalkeeping coach. Um, I know on his interview, he said he's been offered elsewhere. And so again, is this our last season with this? He's certainly going to have a challenge with Walker, but I'd feel confident of any goalkeeping coach that Bezo will be the right person to get the best out of Walker. I just hope that, it, you know, as Roppo said, we, unfortunately time isn't on our side. We need to start being placing those things. And that's why I'm thinking, is Walker something for League Two? Is that why we're, you know, we're prep, prepping for League Two, just in case? I don't think we're prepping for League Two right now because we were a point above the relegation zone. I think when Walker come in, I can't, can't see us going, yeah, let's prep for League Two six months before the season's due to end. I think Bezos stays with us because he is bringing on good young goalkeepers. You look at Mannion went to Hull. I know it did work out there. You look at Ramsdale. You look at Ke Kelly Ruse, after he went, played for us, went to Bristol Rovers and had a, had a torrid time. Absolutely torrid. They couldn't, they, they couldn't believe he, he was a goalkeeper. They thought he was awful at Bristol. He went to Derby. He, he, he's learned, and, and now he's Derby's number one, which is huge because he was class at us. Again, it keeps us such a weird position because you could have one bad season and that's it. Look at the Premier League. Lloris, uh, what's his name at Man U? Uh, Heia. People were saying these keepers ain't good enough anymore. But a year ago, they were winning World Cups and Madrid wanted to, to go for millions of pounds. Goalkeeper is such a weird position. And I think you're right, Danny, with what you said. is it, it, This does come down to a budget thing that we'd rather spend money on our strikers or our wingers, and then we'd rather get a lone goalkeeper and hope it works. And I agree again with Trot. I thought Trot was okay. He was a good shot stopper. Okay, he wasn't He wasn't that, that loud. He wasn't a speaker. But West Ham thought they were, he was good enough because they put him on the other day. And, and yeah, Mark, your point, I don't, I don't think we, we, we're gearing up for League Two. I don't think any team would do that. I think, I think they saw Walker as a six-foot-six goalkeeper and thought, right, if we can mould him into... Saying, but he, yeah, I just he's not he's not it for me, unfortunately. I think the loan market for goalkeepers hasn't done us too badly. I think a lot of people turn around and say, "Oh, I'd love a goalkeeper of our own." And part of me feels the same. Uh, you know, we haven't had a permanent keeper since Shea, have we? No, is that right? Well, Joe and McDonald as a, as a Joe McDonald, but he was never like a number one, was he? Yeah. Um, but it, when you when you list some of those players, yes, there was a couple of stinkers in there with Wilson. Um, and a couple of others that weren't great shakes. But then you look at Rambo, you look at Long, you look at Roos. Um, I don't think we've done too badly out of it. I don't think it's a bad system. I think a lot of teams at our level, League One and Two, do similar things. Um, I think it's a good model. Um, and I think that, the, you know, a plan might have been to get these, get these goalkeepers in on loan and then by the time that after a few seasons, then Sanev might be ready to step up, maybe not looking like it now. 
maybe Cox might be ready to step up if we don't lose him to Chelsea for peanuts. But, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't done us badly. I think Bayes has been a really good judge of character and a judge of goalkeepers by and large. I think we can, of all the keepers we've had since we've been in the league football, I think we've, uh, we've done well. And do you know what? We're judging the guy after three or four, maybe five games. End of the season, I think it will come. And all it will take is a penalty save, a great save late in the day. Confidence goes. Keepers are mad, as we know. Goalkeepers union and all that. So, do you know what? I think he'll come good. I think he's gonna, he'll, he will eventually have to do something decent or he won't play and we'll get a better goalie somewhere. It just make last point. I agree with what you said there, Jamie. I think most of our goalkeepers, and I think 75% of it from our goalkeepers has been very good from what we've signed and what we've had. We, it's like any signing, really. Any You look across the park. But goalkeeping, I think we've done all right. And I don't mind the loaning in of a goalkeeper if he's going to be decent and, and we've done it well before. And, and the only other team I think of that does it well, same as us, is Accrington. Accrington have got Baxter from uh, Chelsea and they've had goalkeepers on loan from premiership clubs. I, I don't care if we have a first team uh, for, uh, he's going to be our goalkeeper at the moment because we have got Matt Cox there that we're building in to be our hopefully a first choice goalkeeper down the line Last on our agenda tonight is the Don's fixture list for March uh, and how these sets of how these sets of games are more than likely to decide which division we'll be playing in next season. Uh, there are eight games throughout March. Uh, this includes five against teams in and around the relegation places with us. Uh, that's Burton, Bristol Rovers, Wigan, Rochdale and Northampton, which essentially means five six-pointers, don't you think, Mark? Yeah, um, I was just going to say, Touch, we've got out of those games, we've got three away and four at home. So, you know, are we better away? Are we going to be better at home? Now, if you look at it, our, our home form is pretty dire. Our away form, so looking at the games that we've got away, Bristol away, Shrewsbury away, Blackpool away, the actual ones we've got at home are, are Burton, Wigan and Northampton. So if I want to throw a bit of extra uh, conundrum into it, you, if, on our current form, I don't really, well, from what I've seen so far, I don't feel confident that we should, or could or should be able to get something from it. Um, it you know, is this defining sort of Robbo? Well, yes, but, you know, it, it's such a tricky one for me. We, we really all do need to get behind him. Um, I think everyone wants him. I think Palmer is a key factor, as we touched on before. It, it's just going to be very tricky. See, for me, March just defines our season. At the end of March, after we've played Northampton, that will, we, will, we will know what league we're going to be in next season. We will know if we're going to be in League One or if we're going to be in League Two. I'm looking at the fixture list for March and, and every single one of these games is winnable. How many not... points do we need, Lee, do you think? Sorry to interrupt. How many points do you think we need out of the seven? Out of the seven games? There's eight well, games. Eight games. Eight Sorry, games. how many do you think? Uh, it's so hard. I think we need 12. Obviously, more, maybe say fourteen. I, th I think if if we if we take what we can from Shrewsbury, Blackpool, and Charlton, uh, you know we got a good result against Gillingham, um, who, who are in a similar position to those teams in the table. Um, if we ca can take what we can from those, if we pick up points, great. If we lose, you know, on to the next game, um, and then win or draw the rest of them because we can't. We need to be taking points off the teams around us. We can't afford to be giving them away to the likes of Northampton, Rochdale, etc. 
So I'm looking at the fixture list again. And the only two I'm really worried about and who are really on top form at the moment is Blackpool. Blackpool are flying. And Burton, since uh, Jimmy Floyd's come in, are, are doing really well. But the rest, I'm, 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 Bristol could be mixing it up now because they've got Joe Barton in charge. And he's saying all the right things, Joey, which is quite quite clever. He's been quite clever since he came in. Well, uh, but, he's speaking in, Lee. <laughs> yeah, I think he... he <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a farmer now, doesn't he, since he's been there. But uh, Wigan, we, we know we can score goals against Wigan because we went up there and we did. Uh, Rochdale are conceding goals for fun, and Northampton we know we can beat, but it's I think we need to get after we need to get what uh, shoes we we need to get after them. It's a it's a shame it's away from home because it's a tough tough place to go, but I think we need to get after them. Blackpool's gonna be very tough, but I think that could work in our favour because they'll try and get after us and we'll find pockets of space. It's the home games that worry me the most, uh, and and we've got more of the, more of them than anything because teams seem to be loving coming down to Plough Lane, love it. The pitch is beautiful. And they just seem to be coming down and playing beautiful football against us and stopping us from playing. I think you mentioned Burton there. Um, I think Burton will climb out and continue climbing uh, and will not be in the relegation pitch come the end of March. Um, they've, like you said, they've got Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank in. They've recruited really well in January. Um, they brought in Josh Parker, who was with us for a few games when we were in the conference. Good player for this level. Um, you know, it's hard to see Wigan and Northampton getting out of trouble. I think they're probably two of the favourites to go down, which essentially means it leaves two of the remaining four teams to go down with them, of which we are one of them. Um, so I think, like I said before, it's it's the games, you know, we could lose against Shrewsbury, lose against Blackpool, lose against Burton, lose against Charlton. We need to win the, we need to win the other four, you know, essentially. Um, obviously, I don't want to lose against those four teams, but... The, the crunch games are the games against the teams that are, are down there with us because, like I said, we can't be giving them points. They're six-pointers. I'm worried about the goal difference as well, lads. I'm not going to lie. I, th- I feel that the goal difference was such a big one for us. I'm just praying there's always a team that absolutely nosedives. There's always a team of this sort of year. And again, we've had such that, that's such a horrendous run. I always feel that you kind of go on an absolutely shocking run for that 10 games. You go on your great run. And I'm just hoping that some of those guys haven't quite had that shocking run. And I'm hoping, I mean, I feel like Northampton, for me, and Wigan, was really good news about, I hate to be talking positive about, but Rathbone got sent off for Rochdale, who I think is brilliant. Ollie Rathbone, he got sent off, so he's got a, I think it's a, I think he might be violent conduct, so he's missing three. Um, but you, you, do, you do worry. I just, I don't, I feel like Swindon have done their bit. I think they'll come and drift back down. I, I, I just hate, and I know we're talking about it. I just hate the fact that we're hoping that four teams are worse than us. I just find that really frustrating. We should be, I'm not saying we should be flying miles at the table, but it's just uh, frustrating that we're back on this topic three or four years in and we're still thinking, come on, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. They might have a financial blow up. It'll be lovely when it one year, if we can, <laughs> if we manage to hang up to be 12 and be bored at this point, wouldn't it be wonderful? Oh mate, that's the dream at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> that's all we want. But uh... I think Tuesday Tuesday night's game against Shrewsbury is, is huge uh, and will will be huge. Uh, obviously, this goes out after we've we've played Shrewsbury, but if we can beat Shrewsbury, that that puts them six points beyond. We'll be six points behind Shrewsbury, which brings them back into it. Also, I think Fleetwood are nose diving towards relegation as well at the moment. I think they're really struggling to pick up points. I'm not sure uh, they've won under Simon Grayson. I don't think no. they've won yet. They've lost, drawn, lost, drawn yeah. the last four. So, yeah. I, I just, I think, 
we we can pick up points. The the, the, the one I said is Burton. Uh, Burton have uh, lost one out of the last five games. They've won the rest. So they've won four out of five. And Blackpool's record's even better than that. They've won five and lost one. So I do worry about them games. Charlton are in dire form as well. And Bowie's lost his head. He's he's calling out players left, right, and centre, and really, really badly calling them out. Uh, I just I I can see us getting out of trouble. I really can. But my worry is scoring goals. Uh, and I don't think we've got the goals in us at the moment, unfortunately, unless we can get everyone back fit. Yeah, agreed. Totally agree. We, we just we look very, very, again, we just look very, we almost like we'll get to the penalty box. We're, like, we're allergic to the penalty area. We kind of get there and go, okay, we better back off a little bit. We sort of seem to lack a little bit of cutting edge. And that was why it was so frustrating with sort of the, uh, it wasn't just Sean Harrison as a player, but just the, the club. Everyone was like, we've got, no, we've got a forward, right, okay, I don't care where he comes from. He could play park football in whatever league. The fact that he's a forward and he plays somewhere in their half was a, was a real positive. And to lose him, I think, psychologically for us fans was a nightmare. But it does worry me. Pig, pig gets cropped and we're done. I mean, we're completely and utterly toast. And he hasn't even had any kind of service of any description whatsoever. Um, so uh, whatever you're doing, Joe, just put your feet up, mate. <laughs> One thing that I did do a bit of extra research in is that the bottom teams have got to play three of the top teams. Wigan have got to play Peterborough. Uh, Northampton have got to play Hull. All the teams that have smashed us, um, I'm hoping that they're pretty much going to stay consistent and do the same. Now, I know that you shouldn't be thinking that we've got to rely on other teams or not rely on, but bearing in mind they have got to play the teams that are on form, the top three teams. So I agree that I think the points will come from, I don't fancy this against Shrewsbury. I don't fancy against Blackpool. I do against Wigan and Northampton. Charlton, I fancy we could get something with the withdrawal. Bristol, it depends what Wimbledon team turn up. Um, we seem to have mixed fortunes. We can either beat them or, or lose them. So that's the thing that the bottom teams have got to play the big teams. And that's where it's going to be interesting to see where we will stand. I think also the fact we've got two games in hand, you know, if we get results out of them, it's in our hands then. And that's all we want at the end of the day. I want it to, I don't want to be going down to those last three games where we've got um, Ipswich, then Portsmouth, then Lincoln on the last day. I don't want to be going into those games looking for points uh, or relying on other teams to do us favours. Um, we need to, if we can win our games in hand, I don't know when they are, uh, and get and get things uh, get things back where everything's in our own hands, um, then great. Yeah, I agree with what you said. That's why March is such a big big month for us. It's, it's, it, as I said, it defines if we'll, we'll be in League 1 or League 2 next year. And uh, it, I, Do you think, boys, do you think it's going to help that we'll be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the whole month? Or do you think it'd be better if we were had some time off? I know we need time off to rest players, but players like to play and hopefully we can get players back fit. Uh, but would it be better if we had some time where the coaching staff, well, we haven't got an assistant yet, but the restart coaches come in now and our coaching staff can work with the boys and get what they're saying and implement things properly? First of all, very quickly, the, one of our games is against Rochdale. So that is going to be a massive six-pointer. I mean, if we've got one game in hand against them, that's going to be a massive thing for us to go forward. I think it's good that we can have... Um, Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday because if we have a crap performance uh, we've got a chance to go and put it right now you, you kind of be hoping that after seeing what, what happened at Hull, Robbo's very intelligent, he's clever enough, he's probably got the, the, the coaches in um, to try and coax to get the best out of them and say look, you know, you got beaten by one of the best teams in the league, Shrewsbury we've got a chance, you know, I'd be buzzing if we walked away with a point at Shrewsbury 
I can't see us getting anything there. And I hope that I'm going to be the one that's proved wrong. Um, so I think it just gives a chance to wash it away. I mean, just looking at it, it just from what I can write, Shrewsbury, Blackpool, Burton, Bristol, Wigan, Carlton, Northampton. So if you're looking at the teams that we're thinking about getting points from, it'd be Wigan and Northampton, uh, you know, and set a point against uh, Charlton. So, you know, it's towards the end of the run, I think is the chance where we're going to try and get something, not at the beginning of this run. I think, I, I think get, getting great results against both Shrewsbury and Blackpool is a tough ask. I think if we can, that sets us up perfectly. Because all, like Danny said earlier, we just need to string a couple of good results together, uh, build some momentum, um, which I think is the most important thing. Because like you said, a lot of teams have gone on good runs, Burton are on a good run, Swindon have had, have had a good run, uh, brought themselves right out of the relegation places. Um, we have yet to have that. You know, we had a decent start to the season and it's been shit ever since, really. Um, we, need to, we need to have our good run. If we can have that now against Shrewsbury and Blackpool, then... Wigan, who we got then after that, Wigan and Rochdale, they'll be thinking, oh, fucking hell, they've just got good results. You know, we've got now got to play them and, you know, put the shits on them a little bit, so to speak. See, I think Shrewsbury are going to be shitting themselves as well on Tuesday, though, because if they win, they're well out of trouble then. Do you know what I mean? They can then put themselves a little bit of breathing space so they can then lose against maybe, I don't know who Shrewsbury's fixtures are, but they might have a couple of tough games and think, well, we beat Wimbledon, we've got a couple of free hits kind of thing. No, I hate that saying, but do you know what I mean? We're, we They'll hopefully come at us and we can then get behind. And that's when I think we do better is when teams attack us. Uh, you know what I mean? Hull didn't really attack us. They just sat back and let us go and then we, we they got the ball off us. But yeah, I, I don't know how you boys feel as well with regards to we, we haven't currently got an assistant manager either. So we're going into a month where we need everyone on board. I know we've got, it looks like we've got Cochrane in on uh, helping out at the moment, uh, which we thought he was going to be our assistant manager because we tipped a couple from good sources. But uh, <laughs> we we, tip, we tipped a couple that uh, were possibly coming in. But it looks like Cochrane is going to be doing a job for us here and there part-time. But not to have an assistant manager, I don't know what you boys feel about that at the moment. I've never known it. Like in, in my entire football watching life, and I looked through the whole football league this morning. This, and I, I spoke to a lot of friends who work in football. I, it's just not happened. I've, I don't know ever of a club not to have an assistant manager. I mean, if Robbo gets COVID and he's got to isolate, who's who's the gaffer? Who's, who's the, is, to, Rob Tuvey? Is he taking over? I presume it would be Rob Tuvey. It's yeah. just it's just for me. You know, a manager needs that assistant to do something. Or I personally think it's either a. And again, let's face it. The only reason why we don't have a number two is probably, and again, I know it's a horrible word, it's the budget. We can't afford to pay the guy off. If we had that money available, we would have done it. And I've been, I presume Robbo's decided that the set-piece coach, the, the sports psychologist and whoever else we've got outweighs the assistant manager role. So I, I presume it's just a, a simple trade-off. So it's, again, frustrating that we're all so behind Robbo and, he, and bless him, he can't even get what he wants. He, he hasn't got a window to buy anybody and he can't even get the back room staff until next year um, I find it I mean it's, 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 it, it is one of those frustrations I suppose of Sporting Wimbledon it's still, you, you know what you're what you've got and what you haven't got but it's definitely not a choice of Robbo's and it, it's um, it's going to be very interesting to see how how the logistics play because you can have a guy coming in coaching for a day or two going away then he might be working with another club and then you might have another guy coming in. It just seems a little bit disjointed where you want to kind of, if for me, I'd want a very, very tight-knit, close-knit, everyone sort of 
pulling together and we're going to have potentially an ideas man who's just going to drift away at different times. I think it's going to be quite a, an interesting um, couple of months for Robbo, that's for sure. I think the reason, I can agree with Danny, the reason why we haven't got it is, is money. You know, things could change. If, if, say, for example, in this big run and we've lost all four and we're getting smashed 4-0 each game, is that the time it's suddenly pushed forward? Robbo's already come and said that the people he wants, he can't get. So is he being, you know, quite strong? So we ain't gonna, I'm not going to set up for second best. I want the best coach. I want the best assistant manager with me. And if there's not else there, I'll keep going. But I think Danny just hit on a point. Once he does get COVID, he has the biggest risk around at the rent at the moment. What if he does? Or oh, next thing we're going to see Rob Tuvey and the line promote from under 18s to loads manager to manage AFC Wilmington League One against Charlton. It's a very, very, very strong possibility because we don't know what's going on in this world. Yeah, and they're, they're great points regarding. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't get COVID. We, we, we hope that that doesn't happen. But yeah, that is a good. That's it is mad that we don't have an assistant manager in because I thought that would have been one of the first things that he would have done straight away. Uh, I think the people that he wants are unfortunately in full time work and they maybe have contracts they have to see through. Uh, to uh, and, and we we might think, well, let's look at it at the end of the season, especially if we maybe have a director of football coming in. To, to, to help Robbo with regards to, because he, he's already said he doesn't want to do transfer, he doesn't want to deal with agents. Uh, he just wants to do coaching, which is what he's good at. Uh, I think it's quite a shrewd move that he's brought Rob Turvey in, Turvey in straight away because he obviously respects Rob. He's worked with him since being at the club for 17 years. So what, how old is Rob Turvey? 18 himself, isn't he? So he's probably known him since he was like one. So it's quite a good move that he's brought him in. And also, he gets the respect straight away from the players. So this is—he's a young lad, but he's a very, very good coach. Uh, the restarts manager coach—I'm not sure about them myself. I, I think it is forward thinking. I'm an old school football fan. I like a manager, assistant manager, and a coach, pretty much it. But then that's probably why I never made it as a as a footballer or a manager myself. But there might have been a few other reasons, Lee. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> But no talent, no ability and stuff like that, yeah? But uh, no, and it is good because I've had a couple of digs from mates, Chelsea friends who are going, oh, you've got, what, you've got a restart coach. I can't wait for you getting the playoffs now and all this. Uh, and we even made a joke saying it was a shrewd move getting a restart coach because of the amount of uh, kickoffs that we're having now. But I think you're right. I think he's brought people in. And, and Cochrane, he, he obviously is a very good coach that the England set up. He, he's done under-18s, under-17s. I think he's uh, under-18s at the moment part-time is that the worst thing in the world I don't think so because he can come in and get his ideas across and at the end of the day the final decision is always going to be Robbo's I think we mentioned it when Robbo first came in this is a process it's not everything's not going to happen overnight uh, if Robbo has turned around and said I want uh, you know one two or three from my list and they're not available right now and he's gone well I won't have an assistant manager until I can get them good on him you know because if that's who he wants, if that's who he wants to work with, then why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't we give him those things? We know this is a project. We know this is somewhat of a rebuild uh, from top to bottom in terms of the squad, in terms of the culture around the club. Um, everything, I must say, apart from a couple of results, everything that has happened since Robbo's come in has been positive um, uh, from top to bottom at the club, not just on the pitch. You know, club communications have got better. Um, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done, but like I said, I think it's it's a process and we've got to trust the process and know that it's not going to happen overnight. I wholeheartedly agree with you on the fact that if Robbo wants it, you give it to him. Whatever he wants, he's done his stewardship. I think everybody wants him to do well. Um, I just worry about the fact that he's 
whether we like it or not, he's going to be a very naive manager. He's not done it at this level. He's got no experience at all of managing at this level. And so, for, so you're basically putting a lot of pressure on a man who hasn't actually got that backup. And who knows, maybe Cochrane's going to potentially could have been one of those people. And maybe if he's the long-term solution and he's going to come in and coach for a couple of days and maybe do it full time. But what I think is very important, and hopefully as from a fanzine and a, and a podcast point of view, the only thing I urge is that, as you said, just get behind the manager. Let's not abuse him. Let's not. We know where we are, whether we're in League Two next year or not. I, 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 like I said, to be honest, I think he's the right man long term. I wouldn't have picked him short term, but long term, he's 100% got to be the right man for the job. I just hope that on the social medias, wherever we get content out, let's just get behind this bloke because he's absolutely desperate to be successful. He's been dealt a difficult card financially, players, injuries. There's not, I don't think there's a harder job at the moment in football than our, our manager with the players that are out and the money. Let's just get right behind him. Anything he wants, let's give it to him where we can. Yeah, I touched on the first few points. One, Danny, you're, one, you're showing your age there, calling us a fanzine, uh, and then saying the social <laughs> medias. Up, you the ho. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then saying, oh yeah, on the old social medias. Do you know what I mean? I showed, showed your age straight away there, mate. So Birthday yeah. yesterday, mate. So show me uh, age. Happy <laughs> birthday. Oh, stop it, you. Stop it. Do you want us to sing, do you want us to sing for you? Happy yeah. 60th, Danny. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah. I'll invite you to my 100th. But the, the second thing, yeah, I think you're right. I think we, we wholeheartedly have to get behind Robbo. And I think you're right. And I, what I love about Robbo is that he, he hasn't shied away from the toughest job. He wants to get involved. As you said, he's got so many. When he when he applied for the job, and anyone who applied for the job, he would have known firsthand the amount of injuries he had. He'd have known firsthand the budget that we got. He's done it through the academy. He would have been like dealing with the academy and and going up against the Chelseas, the Fulhams, the Arsenal's, the Spurs locally now. Do you know what I mean? He he would have known about that, and he he's literally thrown himself into it. Uh, another thing I want to say is that uh, on Monday the club have announced that they are doing a meet the manager. So it will be taking place on Sunday, the 7th of March at 7pm. They're asking people to register. Uh, so registration is open and they're asking to invite questions. And we will send a question over from ourselves, the fanzine or the one was at a dream podcast. Uh, and we will put a question to Robbo. Uh, but he's going to be there also with the performance mindset coach, Steve Salis. So I think that's brilliant that he's now going to be doing that and, and we will be able to question some of the things. He, he also is going to be coming on our podcast as well in a few weeks when we talk to him uh, about his first month in charge of Wimbledon. And, and I think you're totally spot on there, Danny. He's taken on a very, very tough job and, and he's thrown himself at it big time. And that's what I love. I'm just interested with you guys. We did speak about the coaching bit. I, I've, coached, I've dabbled in coaching for most of my adult life. The director of football role sounds a really interesting one because um, it's it's one of those weird ones, isn't it? Where and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but you just see head coaches get booted out the door, but the director of football is still sitting there. And I <laughs> kind of feel that they're kind of the, that they should be the same. If you're a coach, you can only coach what you're given. And a director of football's potentially, and again, maybe it's the naivety. But I was looking the other day on the, I think it was two years ago, 15 of the 20 Premier League teams had directors of football, um, and the other five had managers. And it was quite interesting to. I'll be fascinated to find out maybe I need to do some research but what that actually means whether he is hugely into the football operation or if he's just going to go these are five players who do you like it'll be interesting to see who that role is going to be um it'll be fascinating to see how it, how it kind of that marries up but I've always found it difficult with director of football without the accountability I don't quite understand how it works I think they should be working together shouldn't they really for me 
the director of football and the manager, like you've got an assistant and a manager, they should kind of work in unison, I would have thought would be much more uh, beneficial long term. I think, I think the director of football, and I'm basing this purely on documentaries that I've seen, you know, I've watched like the Leeds one and the Man City one, etc. Obviously, there's a big uh, difference between those sorts of clubs and us. Um, but, you know, the, the coach has a way that he wants to play. Um, I feel like there are conversations and meetings held in terms of these are the sort of players that I'm after. This is what I want to achieve. This is what I want our, my squad to achieve. And then the director of football goes out and gets those players. Um, if the manager then can't get those players to play that the way that he wants them to play, then unfortunately that's then on the manager or the head coach. Or but is that is that is, do you think that's fair, Jamie? Do you think it's fair that if you go, I want to play? Sorry, sorry, I know I butted in a little bit. That's but, fine. Um, I, I just I find it really difficult to take in terms of you're right. What you've said makes a lot of perfect sense, but ultimately you can say I'm after this player, and you and you, your, your director of football goes, well, here's the five duds I've got. He can only coach what he's given, and I personally feel that if if you're only if you're given a particularly bad hand to play to sack the coach, surely the the director of football's got to go with him, and you and you kind of start the process again. But you don't often see that. I just find it quite an interesting. Marriage, then too. Sorry, Jamie. See, I, I disagree. I think it is the it is the head coach's fault because the head coach puts a, a list of what he wants. Same as if you work for any business, you'd go right. I want this candidate to come in, but they need to have this kind of five things. They need to be charismatic. They need to get along with their colleagues. Blah blah blah. They have this, and this is what I think uh, Robbo's saying. He's he's got this character and he's got this character mindset, and that's the kind of players like, I think Woodyard probably would suit that character that he wants. So our director of football will go out and, and go, right, these are the players that we've seen. And then we, and then they sit down together and we'll go, right, yeah, that's it. Then it's up to Robbo to teach him how to play, uh, not teach him how to play football because any professional football should, but teach him how he wants to go forward. If he don't, if that player don't do it, that then does come down to Robbo, unfortunately. And I think he'd probably say that himself. I kind of agree with what you're saying though as well, Danny, that no Accountability or any director of football. And I wanted to ask you a question: Is one of them teams that you're talking about? Is that South Southampton's got to be one of them teams with a director of football? Uh, I think they 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 are one of the of the fifteen that I've got. It was on a yeah, on a, and, and you look at the players that they're bringing in and the players like Hoiberg and things like that, and that's all come from having a director of football and having a character and having a way they want to play and bringing in players in. Another one that I know of is Rangers. Rangers have a director of football up in Glasgow uh, and, and Stephen Gerrard sets out what he wants and they get director of football come in. It's worked extremely well for them because they're signing players for peanuts and they will sell for millions. They signed Alfredo Morales for a million. He's, he, they had a bid for 17 million uh, coming in January. They signed a guy called Glenn Kamara, for 50 grand, who's unreal. Yeah, he is ridiculously good, yeah. They're talking about going to Leeds for 20 million. And I think that's the kind of thing that we need to be doing now, is we need to be bridging that gap of where we're signing players for peanuts and we're selling them for millions. Peterborough, Peterborough do it. Dave uh, Fry. Barry Fry is the director of football at Peterborough. So. <laughs> I, I think, I think... I think it's just the way football's going, mate, if I'm honest. It's all about statistics. Moneyball, have you seen Moneyball? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Baseball. Great film. You know, it's you know, that's the way that a lot of modern day sports is going. You know, you look at um Brentford are a great example. You know, they've put scrap they scrapped their youth academy, they scrapped everything, they've got like a they had the that young director of football come in and completely revamped the whole way that the club was run. And they've had so, uh, well, they haven't had success, but they're in a much stronger position now than they were in the past. You know, they, they were almost out of business 10 years ago. Um, 
I think it's, you know, for example, uh, Bielsa for Leeds was like, I want a striker that can hold the ball up. But when he's put in front of goal, um, he's going to score goals. You know, he could put the ball away. And the director of football went out and went, right, I want Patrick Bamford. We'll pay, <laughs> we've got the money. You know, I've, I've, and Patrick Bamford kind of well, didn't really do much. He was at uh, Chelsea, had a couple of loans. Then he was at Borough, didn't really mm. do well at Borough. Then he went to Leeds for mega money and everyone was going, hang on a minute, what's going on? And suddenly he's fired them up into the into the Premiership and he's, he's you know, in the, in the top scorers list for Leeds this year in the Premier League. So I think, I think, like Finchie said, Robbo wants to coach. He doesn't want to be bothered with all the transfer nonsense. He just wants to get a group of players, instill his, you know, culture on them and the way that he wants to play his style of football. Um, and the director of football will allow him just to do that and not have to worry about anything else. Yeah, two points I just want to make quickly is uh, we Robbo's been at a club 17 years, so he's put he's seen a lot of managers come through. Uh, and one of the ones that probably oddly, he probably saw oddly on the phone all the time dealing with agents, stressing out about getting this player, getting that player. Where oddly probably lost time on the training field and probably thought, well, I don't want to do that. And then another point I want to make is a perfect uh, director of football for us would have been a guy you might have heard of him called Wally Downs. He would have been perfect as a, a director of football at Wimbledon, but I don't. I think he's busy at the moment now, unfortunately. Well, I think Wally. I think Wally Downs. That was that was what he was sort of came in to do. That was the gig he wanted to do, right? Um, yeah, that, that is great. I, think, I was making again another joke that went over everyone's head there, but yeah, it was because it wasn't funny. Um, so <laughs> the um, the <laughs> the thing with Wally, I think if if the whole betting scandal and everything hadn't have happened, I think we probably would have been looking at now. Wally Downs as a director of football. Um, you think? Yeah, yeah potentially. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I think was the, so. That was the plan. The, the plan was Wally was coming in for to do the great escape, which he did, and then he was going to step aside to be director of football. Uh, and people at the club didn't think that we needed a director of football uh, and how quickly that has now changed. Yeah, I was going to say, Wally Downs would be my choice for director of football. Who knows? You never know. He may come back. But I think he was he was the right right person. Um, you know, he had certainly some of the skill set to do it. I know it ruffled a few feathers, but again, I think sometimes feathers need ruffling. Like Robbo's always said, he likes to be challenged. Well, I think certainly having Wally would have been challenging. Yeah, Wally's not coming back. Let's not let's get that right. Wally won't come back, and I don't think. Unfortunately, he, he made his bed, he ended up lying in it. But there is a guy on our doorstep, and I know a few of my mates know him, and he's been down to Wimbledon games. And uh, uh, he's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alex McLeish. He was yeah. at Rangers uh, and Birmingham and Scotland manager. He lives in Wimbledon, so maybe we could tap him up and become director of football. Depending I don't know on how we're going to afford one if we can't afford an assistant manager. That's the concern I've got. If we can't afford but an assistant manager, how are we going to afford this one? I think if that's the plan, if, if that's the plan, if that's the way that the club wants to go, you know, we've got Joe Palmer in who's, you know, he knows how to run a football club. We need to trust him in terms of his vision for the club, you know, um, for all the good that Eric did. I know, I know a lot of people um, have bad things to say about how it ended and with K's and, and bad things about it. You know, he'd never run a football club before. He, 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 he was great for us when we were in non-league, but then we got to the Football League and he kind of, you know, the club kind of outgrew him. We've now got Joe Palmer in, who was at Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, amongst other big clubs. So, you know, if, if that's the plan, if, if that's the way that the club is, is going to go, where we're going to get a director of football in, you know, is it going to sacrifice playing budget? I think we'll have an assistant manager in the summer. Um, I just don't think, I just don't think the right man was available right now for us. 
Yeah, I think you're spot on with regards to uh, like Joe Palmer in charge and stuff like that. And I think at the end of the season, there are going to be a football uh, review. Uh, and I think Robbo is going to be part of that with Joe, uh, how we structure the club from from the director of football, manager, like head coach, assistant, his coaches and stuff like that. Uh, and I said straight away, Robbo brought in his... Uh, what they what's he called? They call him psychologist, but they, he doesn't mindset like coach. No, not mindset either. coach. That's the one, the mindset coach. So he's already brought that in. He's brought a restart coach on. So I just think, yeah, football. I think Joe Palmer needs more more control and more bit more power. But that's another episode altogether. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I think with March coming up, and as as we were saying earlier regarding the fixtures in March, kind of gone off tangent a little bit, but. I think Robbo will need a little bit of assistance, maybe, and that's where we might fall down in March. Really exciting, though, isn't it? Really exciting time for the club. Like we're changing the culture. We, I think, we all can, whether we we go every game or not. I think we can all agree we need a bit of a tweak on what we're doing. We've kind of got as far as we've got, and if you're not with the outside investment, then we need to change what we're doing. And I think that it's a it's a great time to be us. Get away from the short term doom and gloom. Etc. I think long term, I think we we could be in a fantastic position, particularly fan owned after COVID. I think we could be if we can get up and get people through the turnstiles. I think we could be in a really, really positive position while others might not be. I mean, I don't think COVID's helped, but even before COVID, I don't think I've ever felt so disconnected from my football club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it's been sort of emphasised by COVID, but just in the past few few weeks, I feel so much more invested in it all. Um, you know, I'm kind of getting up excited to watch the games again and listen. I'm listening to Robbo's interviews. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's, I feel like we're going towards getting my football club back, you know? Yeah, I just feel like since Robbo's come in, it's lifted everyone a little bit. Like you, you see more content from the club and we've, we've been quick enough to jump on the club's back, but I'll, I'll applaud them for what they're doing recently. They're giving us more content. The, the, the interviews with Robbo are better, but I think that's more to do with Robbo than to do with the people doing the interviews. Uh, and, and the content is better and we need that. We, we are, unfortunately, we are going to be disconnected at the moment due to COVID, but there's going to be soon when we are going to be back into the grounds. And we need to fully get behind Robbo and what we are doing. Uh, I'd, I'd just like to quickly say it's totally different, but we have asked uh, one person from the team leaders, the volunteer group that's been set up, all the volunteer little groups. We've asked one of them to come on the podcast and they've agreed, just got to try and sort date. We are asking for someone from the board as well, if they would like to come on the podcast so we can ask them questions, get some questions from fans. So we can have a board member on the podcast so we can go through stuff. As, as I said, we are 100% unofficial by the fans for the fans. And that's what we need. So looking towards this week, obviously this podcast will come out after we've played Shrewsbury. So we won't dwell on it too much. Um, but what are your predictions of Shrewsbury? Uh, um, I'm going to go straight for it because I want to get it out of the way. I'm not going to be very popular. I don't think we're going to get anything against Shrewsbury. Um, 1-0, 2-1. I think it's going to be too much of a task, really. I think the, that game is just too much. Over. An improved performance, you know, maybe we take a 1-0 loss on there. Um, maybe see some good signs if Palmer comes in, gives a good 30 minutes. I, I don't sort of... Sorry, that's for that isn't it? I think just really to get through relatively unscathed for tomorrow, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, problem we've got there, Mark, is uh, Palmer won't be playing against Shrewsbury at all because he's going to be playing at Tunbridge. 
I was getting overexcited, Lee. I was, I was <laughs> going to the future. I was thinking that Palmer's going to come on, smash it in, and we're, we're going to go. We're going to go nuts. So that's, that's fine, my yeah. emotion in there. So. You're, you're predicting the, the Tunbridge, uh, not Tunbridge, the Eastbourne result. Um, no, that's I, fine. I haven't got ten years in the future when we're back playing Tunbridge Wells. That, that, that that's mm-hmm. one of my other talents. But no, I was getting excited. So let's go back to Shrewsbury. Well, I think we're going to lose it one 0 or something like that. Okay, I, I'm totally different. I think we're going to actually nick a win. I think we're going to win one 0 I think we're going to go out there. I think they're going to try and get us and we'll, we'll find pockets of space. And I think 1-0 uh, and I'm going to go Ben Hennigan with the goal. What minute? <laughs> 65th. 65th minute. What foot? Go. Right. Uh, head. 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 From yeah, a corner head. or a set piece or just open play? Uh, fucking hell. Uh, a corner. What colour boots is he going to be wearing? That's the, re- <laughs> re- re- the restart coach has got right into him straight away. Corner, bang, Hennigan, unmarked. Because, because they've gone everywhere, Hennigan's done it. Heard it here, here heard it first here, folks. That's easy yeah. for you to say. <laughs> that was a good one. See, <laughs> that's what a joke is. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, Danny, what do you reckon, mate? Absolutely no idea. If I'm really <laughs> <honest with you. laughs> I, I just feel it's going to be, it'll be one new either way. Um, I'd love it to be our way. I just feel that if Piggott, if Piggott scores, we win. If he doesn't score, we lose. There you go. It's all on Piggott, unfortunately. So if he if he scores a goal somewhere, I think we're going to win it because I think we're playing well. If he doesn't score, I think we lose. There you go. All right, because I was just about to come back and say we didn't score against Gillingham and we won that. I know, but Gillingham and Shrewsbury are different teams, Lee. I don't know if you know that. Check out if you want different places and all sorts. Are they? Shit, man. I, I mean, uh... same, colour, same colour shirt though, so I can see where it got, could have got confusing. When we played Shrewsbury, I ended up in the Midway last time. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, I reckon one all, if anyone cares. <laughs> He's on this uh, fence. Yeah. on this podcast, Jamie. We, we'd forgotten you were on there. I yeah, just I know. Duct tape on the screen, so I can't see. I thought it was your yeah. history. Well, Finchy, Finchy's trying to kick me out, and he's, you know, he didn't have me on last week. He's trying to edge me out. Well, you did you... say something before you came on, Jamie. So just don't mention anything. So I was like, okay. Podcasts, I think. He's looking for a director of podcasts. I think. <laughs> 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 What's Wally Downs doing? <laughs> yeah. He's in the Bahamas, mate. He ain't coming back to do a podcast, <laughs> is he? But no, it's good that you're on that fence still, Joe. It's good that you're on I, I, You know, I, it's quite nice up here, um, you know, and... I'll take that, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll take a point. I, I think, I, you know, I think... Uh, I'm a bit like Danny. I don't really know what's going to happen, so I'm playing it safe. And, you know, I'll take a point. Um, Danny, Danny absolutely depends. bottled the decision, and then you're sitting on a fence. If Pickett scores, we win. If we doesn't, we lose. I, I mean, I can't be more clearer than that. I, don't, I mean, go and bet, you know, get your, let's have a bet as available, obviously. You know, get... That's what'll happen. You heard it All I can say is, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that I'm the one that's got it wrong and that we don't... Uh, you know, you guys are right and I hope that I'm wrong. Everyone's <laughs> going to be uh, listening to this on Thursday after we've, like, won 4-0 or lost 4-0, thinking, what on earth are these tosses talking <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got, I, I'm you got... blocking myself after the results. I just say, right, if we can stop four goals, okay, delete Maz. Some other blokes on the podcast. I'll just put someone else's picture on. Put Lee on there as a fake account. Go, yeah. You've got, you got Mr. Mr. Doom and Gloom, Mark. You've got Don't Make a Decision, Danny, and you sitting on the fence. <laughs> I love the fence. I'm Mr. Negative, mate. Yeah, yeah, we've lost already. Let's just get this over with. It. That's so, why I'm already at Blackpool already. That's what I'm so, uh, what, how many do you think we're going to lose by at Blackpool then, Mark? Uh, do you know what? I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. And this time, I think Palmer and Hennigan are going to score. I reckon it's going to be, you know, I think it's just going to be different. But I, I, you know, I'm kind of like getting emotional now thinking, yeah, Palmer's going to come back and just do something, just change something. Because otherwise, we're just too easy to scout against. 
they'll, they'll be looking at us again. We'll just nullify that. And because no one's probably seen Palmer play, I'm hoping to be a secret weapon. And we'll just bring him on and go, who's this guy? We've never seen him before. Very good point. Very good point. Um, hopefully he doesn't get cropped against um, Eastbourne or Tombridge or whoever leads. <laughs> Eastbourne. Eastbourne Borough. Thanks, I keep sir. messing up. It's <laughs> last week's pod as well. No one's noticed this, which is good. Only a couple of people noticed. I said that we won, we lost 3-1 straight away. No one picked up. I made a mistake, which is good because I don't make many. But uh, I think Blackpool, I think we're going to lose and it'll be 3-2. 3-2 Blackpool. Uh, yeah, loads of goals. Keep it interesting. Uh, I, I don't know how we're going to line up. Though. That, that worries me a little bit uh, because... We, we need to rest players soon. We, we can't keep playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday with the same 15 players. Uh, so I'm hoping that the players get through Tuesday night against Eastbourne Borough and that we can, uh, yeah, we can have a, uh, we can have a strike on the bench pretty much, please. That'll do me. Do you think Robertson will be ready? Because apparently he's playing, you said he was playing at Eastbourne. Do you think we're hoping to have Palmer and Zach Robertson ready for Blackpool? No, I think we'll have one, one or the other against Blackpool. Zach, Zach Robertson isn't good enough. Shut minute. up. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not good what? enough at the minute. If, if you're relying on Zach Robinson to keep us up. Yeah, we're struggling, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he, he would have been on loan, wouldn't he? Conference yeah. South, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. I, I always said he would have been on loan, but I still think he's good enough. And also, I am now looking for applications for a host for the Wombles at the Dream <laughs> podcast. So, ah. if, if you could send them in to me, please, at the Wombles Dream on Twitter, I, I can go through them. Because if, Jay- <laughs> <laughs> if Jamie keeps talking like that, he will be leaving. Right? I'll just I'll just go on nine years, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I, I'm actually on the Zach Robinson camp. I think he's probably going to score this season. I think, you know, again, you know, it's, it's nothing to scout against. Who's not going to say he could be, you know, in the right place at the right time, score a goal, and all of a sudden, I can show that your banner will be changed. It will be the Wombles had a Zach Robinson dream podcast. Um, Jamie will have a big Ghostbusters block through him, and, and Leo will have a, a Zach Robinson, you know, trophy war on the on the back wall. So you know, again, it's a player that nobody's seen. It could be a secret weapon. You, you don't know. If Zach Robinson could be a hundred percent fit and he played a full season, he'd get twenty goals. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was fifty goals. Finch. That's in his career, mate. Fifty to hundred goals in his career, wouldn't it? Is 50, two, 50 two or three seasons, hundred percent. Dan, what's right, before Jamie right. keeps talking nonsense? What's your prediction for Black? <laughs> Me talking nonsense. <laughs> God, Dan. One or one or I think it'll be like the Swindon game. We'll we'll nick a goal and it'll be absolutely, you know, battle royal. People, it'll be like saving Private Ryan. People everywhere, all over the pitch, and we'll uh, they'll score a goal. We'll kind of. Walk away one one and we'll be absolutely delighted. I think it'll be a big battling, grafting kind of performance. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think that will be the start, the little bit of momentum that kicks us into that next week because that's all I'd love to get is some sort of momentum. So we go into that massive week with a little bit of an oomph. And I think if we can take, if we could take two points out of the next two, I'd be absolutely over the moon. One one thing I am glad about though is that we're not going to Blackpool because Blackpool is an absolute class away day and yeah I've not done it I need to do it we're not we're not there what a place Blackpool is as well and the weather would have been alright and yeah for Jamie listening on Radio W Don at home he would have heard a <laughs> drunken uh, I, I went to Blackpool uh, the last time we played Blackpool away I went to Blackpool I, uh, I, I got family, family trip down it by was the a family trip yeah uh, I got in the night before at about half past five and my train was at quarter past six Slept all the way up there, woke up with a hangover. We lost 
when was it? We lost 1-0, didn't have a shot on target, someone got sent off. Uh, and I was sick everywhere. So, won't be doing Blackpool again. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you didn't give Danny any stick for sitting on the fence there with his 1-1, did you? No, but you made good points behind the 1-1. Oh, yeah. stop it, Lee. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Romance continues, mate. No, another one of Lee's mates with another 20 quid bribe and the next beer on. That's right, you need an independent, really. I say Danny's been spot on, so well done, Dan. Thanks for coming on, mate. Oh, stop it. But yeah, fine, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I reckon 1 0. I think we'll nick a win 1 0. Uh, I think it'll be similar to the Gillingham game. Um, I think that, you know, there'll be a few scares down our end uh, and we'll put a bit of pressure on their end and then break, break the deadlock late. Um, wishful thinking, maybe, but that's what I think. Was that on the, was that an, enough on the fence, off the fence for you, Finchie? Ah, that's good enough for me, mate. Perfect. Good enough for me. Perfect. Um, anything else you want to chat about before we wrap it up? I was going to say, Jamie, quick question: yes or no answer? Are we staying up? Yes or no? No. Lee. Yes. Mark. Vit, of course we are. Yes, but we're going to make it as hard as possible. Um, Few of us older people can have an heart attack, so don't any bacon butters or anything like that. And it's going to be something bizarre, something bizarre. You know, I can see it. You say I can see it not going down to the last three games of the season, but we went to Luton and got a two-two. I can see us doing something stupid against one of the the big three, the big three sides at the end. You know, whether we get a draw enough just to just to clean us on. It's not going to be pretty. We just we just something's going to happen somewhere. You know, even if it's going to be nothing to do with us, one of the big teams is going to smash Wigan four five nil something like that, and we're going to stay up from something else. I, don't, I, I, yeah. I love Mark's one word answer there <laughs> in one word yes or no <laughs> but uh, no, I know I just think whatever happens now we just as you said before Danny we've got to get behind Robbo get behind him get behind the team uh, it's hard I know because we're all sitting at home and, you know what I mean trying to watch it on TV is absolutely appalling can't stand it but do you know what I mean let's just get behind the boys and, and I think we will stay up so I, the only reason I say I think it's going to be a tough ask for us to stay up um, I think we're in a much better position than we were a couple of years ago. Um, but I think, you know, we, we've been flirting with it for how many years now? One of these years it's going to happen. I just, you know, even with Robbo taking over and being a bit more positive, I've still got that nagging feeling that this might be our year uh, to go down. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong. Also, if I am wrong, uh, then happy days. If I'm right, then I'm already kind of mentally prepared for it, you know, ever the optimist. Um, what about what do you think, Danny? I'd absolutely love us to stay up, but I'm kind of with you, Jamie. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very okay with having a year where we might actually be nearer the top than the bottom. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, there's just too many things this year that have been a little bit not, you know, TT being injured, I thought it's been massive for us. We've had players go out. I still think we're good enough. I still think we are, we are better than, the, than four teams in this league. Um, but I'm absolutely fine. Now we've got Rob and we've got a long-term thing. I'm okay going down and, and having a great crack at it next year or the year after. I, I don't quite feel where as a club, a League One club at the moment, but um, I'd love us to stay up. If we, but my heart is kind of nudging towards the, uh, the going down. But uh, um, glass is always almost full all, every day. So uh, <laughs> let's hope we, uh, I'm mildly wrong. I think at the end of March, I think when we do an episode at the end of March, we can discuss if going down is going to be the worst thing for us or if we're staying up, how do we then stay up? We'll not stay up again, but get to that mid-table where we want to be kind of thing. Where where do we stop having this kind of every season 
look like we're going to be relegated. Let's kind of try and nip that in the bud. Because how many seasons have we been in League One now? Three seasons? No, not, not a bit more than that, I think. 2015-16, we went up, so... 4-5, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we should be we should be nearing getting to a mid-table finish now. But I, I just want let's have that conversation at the end of March. We'll know a little yeah. bit more, and we can say right. If if going down is the worst thing in the world, I don't think it would be. But you never know. Oh, yes, we'll have that discussion later on in the month. Mark, Danny, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you for having me, boys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. I won't pester you anymore for at least another, well, five five seconds. I'll keep pestering you since I got off the show, but yeah, thank, thank you for me on, finally. But yeah, thank you very much. Always welcome to come on the number one Wimbledon podcast, mate. <laughs> Lee, it's been a pleasure. Jamie, thank you very much. You're welcome. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by Twitter at Wombles Dream or via Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.